Stephen Goff has really become, against all odds, one of the faces of the Asheville culinary scene. He came to Asheville as a train hopper. He was actually homeless when he started working at the long-lauded tapas joint Zambra. For a while, he slept on a mattress in the woods in a lot across the street from the location where he would eventually open the much-missed King James Public House. But these days, he runs Ox Bar, a downtown fixture that functions as a kitchen for a lot of his catering and food truck work. Go to any event or venue, and you will likely run into his Brinehouse truck. It seems to be everywhere at once downtown. I swear, one week, I had them at a brewery in the River Arts District one day, ran into them at a winery in Hendersonville a couple days later, and that weekend, I found them at a festival. I had them three times in one week. Stephen and his wife Sam and the whole crew at Oxbar are some of the hardest working people in Asheville. So I thought it might be worth checking in with him to see how things are going in the midst of this crisis. And I also figured, as a former culinary instructor at AB Tech, he might be the perfect person to do another round of pantry raid games with. So stick around, because at the end of our conversation, we test a few recipes of random pantry ingredients submitted by our listeners. From Dirty Spoon Media, this is Home Fried, stories to keep you informed and entertained during the coronavirus lockdown. I'm Jonathan Ammons, and here's my conversation with Stephen Goff. There we are. Hello. How are you, man? Good. How are you? Doing well. Can't complain. Oh. How's the uh, how's how's lockdown life going? Uh, I mean, I don't I don't mind lockdown life that much. I'm pretty much always at work, so this has been fucking amazing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Actually, getting to spend time with your your kids and your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. I mean, you know, outside of the horrendous circumstances involving it. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's going on with Oxbar? What's going on with the the Brinehouse truck? What's going on with all of it? What's what's happening with you guys? Um. Well, just to to follow social distancing and just just to try to try to be as safe as humanly possible, we closed everything down. Uh, I like the day we were planning on closing it down on Tuesday, the fourteenth, and then it came down to close it on Tuesday the 14th. So, uh, wow. We shut everything down then. Uh, we're probably going to start doing takeout, uh, sometime in early to mid May, just because I just, I, I no longer have faith that there will be any form of help at all. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so I, even if I just have to be there by myself, even if I make, a hundred bucks a day or something it's more than nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys just lay the staff off outright at the beginning of that? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we had a huge air meeting that most of Asheville or a lot of Asheville's owners and chefs and shit were at. And that was what the health officials told us to do pretty much that day. You know? Yeah. Uh, that was Monday, Monday. They were like, we're not telling you, you have to, but I suggest doing that immediately. Yeah. And yeah. they also insinuated that that was coming down the line by Friday. So it was no surprise on Tuesday when it immediately hit, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That meeting was pretty substantial. I feel like, cause I, I hear a lot of, I mean, a, you know, air got out the door ahead of even the County or the city on that. And then, uh, yeah. 
And yeah, I heard rumor from that meeting that a lot of places were just like, we can't even stay open then. Like we can't even open back up at the end of this. Just like, no, I mean, well, that's what I'm, you know, as I'm looking at the reopening, I mean, I just, most sit down restaurants, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. You know, and bars, how is a bar supposed to operate at social distance? Right. You know, like, you know, so we're, we're kind of hit with the, that's a huge hit for Ox. You know, we depend on bar a lot and our bar sales, even during dinner service, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, all of our restaurants downtown, I mean, they're, they're talking about a minimum of cutting, cutting occupancy in half, if not into one third, we can't pay our rent with that. You know, like (laughs) there's not selling alcohol, not doing caterings bigger than 50 and having one third to one half of your dining room is that's literally nothing. That's, that's a bigger death. That's a bigger death now than closing for two months. Right. (laughs) So, you know, we're obviously everyone's scurrying to try to transition into like fast casual or something. Uh, I mean, you know, we're pretty close to that already. I was going to say you guys were already that, like, how do you trim off of that? (laughs) Right. Well, that's just, you know, we had, we had the small plates, made us more money than burgers you know burgers were more like here is something for for everybody so that the everyman has something always you know no matter who comes in there if there's burgers and duck wings you're gonna be fine but that's not where profit lies comparatively you know yeah yeah man did you did you try for the ppp loan or did you did you go for any of that we did. We we tried. We we haven't been approved for anything, uh, and I'm and the money's out. So yeah. Uh, but again, it's like you know that those are like the PPP loan is really weird and crazy and like hire everybody back, work them for eight months, and then what? Because or eight weeks? Because we're not <laughs> we're not gonna need full staff in eight weeks. Right. <laughs> I mean, we're not even. I don't even know that, you know, I can bring, bring back that much staff if we're doing takeout. I mean, again, like, you know, that's, that's those tons of questions. Like it all just depends on what our, what, what the reopening status is like, cause I, we can't pay downtown rent at half capacity. That's yeah. just not going to be a thing yeah. with no bar. We could maybe do it if we had a bar. But then, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I just can't figure my head around this. I mean, social distancing distancing equals the death of bars. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the entire purpose of a bar is to be social and be close with other strangers. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is exactly what you can't do in a pandemic. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, I've bitched and whined and reposted and called the government and done everything that I can, you know, with the independent restaurant coalition and all that. But so I'm just like, I mean, really, I I just don't even know what else to do, you know? So it's, you know, it was weird. It was a hard depressing punch in the gut at first. It's hard to even like, even to bring myself to do something like this, you're just like, I don't know. It's just hard to 
talk or be in public, you know? Yeah, definitely. No, because like your entire livelihood, what you've worked to build is you don't have the option of doing it right now. Right. And it's not going to be back for, it'll be at least a year. Nothing's going to go back to normal until there's a vaccine. And even then it's not going to go back to normal. So that's just like mind boggling to me. I mean, I should be able to wrap my head around it. I'm not stupid, (laughs) but it's just, I've just never, none of us have ever faced anything in this industry. It, It is literally, if you could create a disease for restaurants and bars, this would be it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like and it's not even food transmitted. <laughs> like Right. Right. Yeah. It's just like ev- everything required of this is is the opposite of what we need to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, so and that being said, we all need to be you know, we all I'm 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 not mad at a stay in place order. I believe in it. I believe the only way to stop this shit is for us to stay in our in our little domiciles or wherever. Yeah. And not go out. So I I don't I'm not I'm not one of those crazy fucks <laughs> like at the open your back up. Yesterday. You know. Yeah. Open up my constitution. <laughs> it's not your constitutional rights. It's, it's it's has nothing to do with that. But you know, so <laughs> so I agree with all of the closures. It just sucks. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, and good on you for, I mean, for being on, on top of it and, and, you know, getting on board right when it was necessary too. But do you, uh, are, are, do you guys have any plans to do anything with the truck? Like take the truck out? You know, I know, I know I've noticed yeah, some, uh, some food trucks are even just going to apartment complexes and places like that and opening up and, and selling. Yeah, it's just been, you know, I here's another, you know, uh, I laid everyone off because, you know, I I, I wasn't thinking this was going to be like six months to a year, <laughs> you right. know, so I was like, we'll do what's right. We won't do anything at all. We'll all go in. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll, we'll do what is expected of us as, as people trying not to spread a disease. But yeah, that being said, I'm, everyone's gone now and now the government pays everybody more than they do to work. So, right. Uh, not that I, you know, I haven't hit anyone up yet at all. Uh, I will be next month because uh, right when we closed too, it was like right when my property taxes were due for the truck and an inspection for the truck. So right now the truck isn't even le- legal to drive. That all was supposed to happen by March 24th, but when we closed on, you know, the 14th, it just didn't seem smart to spend 1,200 bucks on right. <laughs> getting the truck road ready when I have three thousand dollars in the bank. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but at the same, I mean, that that's going to be a huge help when and if we reopen. I mean, the truck, the truck is one thing that will not be taking a huge hit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like that's, that seems like your biggest asset right now is that you can, you can show up anywhere and serve anybody. And you have been right. built like a catering, you know, you know, prepared foods going out the window. But right. uh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, another thing is, you know, so like more than 50% of our business is catering and bar. So even looking at most of the restrictions coming up, Groups of fifty or more are still not allowed. So, yeah, even caterings are going to be strangled. You know, like every 
and again, I'm not like blaming the government. It's not their fault. Yeah. I'm just, it's just, it's just really hard to look at it. And the answer is just always fuck you, no matter what you look at. Yeah. What solution? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I wonder if you too, you could talk about like the razor thin restaurants or margins that restaurants are working with. Well, that's what already. Just, and then like comparing that to now, like how that's even going to impact things. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, typically we work on a five to 10% profit margin. So take out 50% of our seats. You've taken out all profit and some of our overhead, you know, like it just isn't yeah. feasible. I mean, still a worst case scenario is like <laughs> rent is going to rent needs to be less than, you know, our, our restaurants, if they're only, if we're only able to half fill them, then we should only have to pay half the rent mm-hmm. because you know, we're, we're paying that rent under the assumption of the value that they provided us, you know? Now, I mean, again, no landlord's going to want to take that hit, but right. The landlord's still looking at the, or the bank's still calling for that bank note, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Again, like yeah. our landlord's been awesome. If I'm the not, banks would I'm just put a stay on landlord. that stuff, it would it would solve everything. But that's just not happening, you know. They right. The bank still wants its money. What what's your how has your landlord been? What's been going on going on with that relationship? Well, our landlord, uh, we we don't we didn't have to pay we don't have to pay rent until June, and the rest and the rent that we missed will just be spread out across the next year of our other rents. Yeah. So. So it'll actually increase your rent a little bit going forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It'll be awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's not just I mean, forgiven that, debt. That's like, that's accruing debt. Right. Exactly. We're just, all of us, every restaurant, we're just sitting here accruing debt right now. That's all we're doing. And that's why the longer it goes on. But, you know, people keep saying the longer it goes on as if they, when they lift the stay at home order, we'll be fine. We won't be. Because yeah. you still won't be able to fill your shit except for half full. Even yeah. if you could fill it all the way, you shouldn't probably. And even if you did want to, people aren't going to. <laughs> right. So, right. There's just no winning. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've got a friend who's a, uh, a esthetician and massage therapist. And she was like, what happens at the end of this? Like, no one's going to want to come get me like right up in their face, get a stranger right. up in their face. They're not going to pay me money to get right up in their face <laughs> like this just isn't gonna go back to normal for a long time and we just I know yeah it's just a matter of you know well we can say it's just a matter of adapting but how do you even begin to do that at this point you know everyone right and it, it is going to be at least a year if not two to even see some semblance of normality and during that time every like point of contact business like salons, like estheticians, like restaurants, like bars will be out of business before that's done. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man. No, rough stuff. Rough stuff. Right. Well, we, I hope you get back open and getting some kind of revenue of some sort, but I hope you do it in a safe way, you know? Yeah. I mean, if, if we lived in a place that would allow it, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be wanting to do takeout next month, but yeah, you know what it, you know, I can be as safe as possible. I can sanitize the shit out of my hands. No touch pickups, no touch drop offs, things like that. Um, I mean, you know, 
I, I'm just not confident that there will be any help at all for us. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I don't uh, think anyone else is confident of that either. For sure. No, we haven't seen very much encouragement in any, in any way. <laughs> Let's move to a lighter yeah. note. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. one of the reasons we brought you on here was to play a rollicking game of Pantry Raid, my new favorite, favorite game during a lockdown. <laughs> Where we, we have, so I have asked on Facebook, various listeners, I just po- made a blanket post asking them for three ingredients in their pantry that they don't know what to do with. And we're going to have to come up with recipes to do with these. We can use other staple pantry ingredients, but let's not get like super out there with it. Yeah, yeah. Let's try to keep it like kind of, kind Man, of. I looked over your post and. <laughs> and I've done things like this before. I always just assume that you have what a basic pantry might have. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, you got the carrots, onions, celery, like all that basic stuff. You got vinegar, you got olive oil, you got salt, pepper, you got your, you know, sometimes yeah, a yeah. curry spice mix or whatever. Yeah, we can use all that. So yeah, uh, yeah. so I'm gonna start us off with some let's uh let's go with uh Okay, here's a tough one. Here's a rough one. Chantal here in Asheville suggested frozen shrimp, croutons, and baked beans. Yeah, so I saw a bunch of these on the Facebook post, so I've been thinking on them. Like that one, I actually was like, barbecue shrimp is fucking delicious, so I'd buzz those croutons up and just like make a little topping for your beans and then saute your shrimp. So you get it's, it's almost like barbecue shrimp, you know? Yeah, that sounds With great. like a, a baked bean cassoulet under it. Yeah. Or if you don't like the idea of the like cassoulet, but everybody has a broiler in their oven. You should have some butter or oil or whatever to make that breadcrumb, you know, and get that crust on top of your like baked bean cassoulet casserole thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or you could even uh, bread the shrimp in that and then just have baked beans with fried shrimp, barbecue fried shrimp. That was kind of the direction I was going with it. I thought, like, why not just buzz up those croutons in a food uh-huh. processor and then spread yep. them out and dry them out a little more and then bread your shrimp and then do, uh-huh. like, a Cajun beans and rice dish, just, like, some Cajun seasoning on top of it, like a little onion, yeah. tomato, garlic, just kind of make a little stew and then, yeah. you know, throw that on top of some rice with uh, with those fried shrimp on top, and you're you're yeah, set. just like red beans and rice with fried shrimp. Yeah, that shit would be delicious. Yeah, I'm I'm all about that. That sounds sounds delightful. All right, we're uh, this one's fun. This one's fun. Allie here in Asheville wants to uh, to know what to do with ground beef, potatoes, and green bananas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my thought was like, oh, I'm going like shepherd's pie style, you know? Does that <laughs> with the uh, bananas? I know. Well, so that's what I'm saying. Use those, make tostones, and use those as scoopies. You know, just like smash oh. them and fry them in the pan. You know, so use that as your scoopy on your like, yeah, your ground beef on top of your taters, and then scoop it. I mean, granted, it's like serious pofo. Like it's it's what I grew up eating: starch on starch on meat. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I would totally do that. 
I mean, I because at first I was like, well, maybe it could be the, the nanners could be the crust, but green bananas they just don't fry up like chips or something. You know what I'm saying? They're always they're never like crisp, crisp. You know. So I I got to thinking about this one, and my first thought was, so there's in Thai culture there is oh. a whole thing of like egg battering bananas and frying them yeah, like yeah. they're plantains. Like, and it works yeah. best when they're green bananas because they're, they're hard enough, they have enough acidity enough to fry up really well, and they, they work great. So doing like a uh, uh, beef and potato curry was okay, one idea. Cool. Or doing them, and that's like a Thai-style thing with just you need ginger. It, tamarind and bananas really go well together in that. Um, mm. Top it with like some peanuts. Do your curry powder, sugar, ginger, um, yeah. and it, and that works best when the bananas are green. Just stir them yeah. in at the end. You don't even have to fry those. You can just stir them in at the end, or you can batter them and egg fry them. Like like, I mean, that is a big thing in Thailand, or they're also yeah, yeah. big in like Jamaican foods and uh, Cuban foods. So you could do like a, a um beef stew with like some barbecue sauce and some soy sauce kind of jerk season it and yeah. uh allspice cinnamon thyme tomatoes carrots and celery and all the other goodies and then you serve yeah. that on the mashed potatoes yeah and uh i think that would be really good i'm all about yeah that like food. a thai curry gravy you know yeah exactly yeah with green nanners yeah all right yeah what else have we got here? We've got uh let's do uh let's actually let's let's jump over to Nashville and see what Samantha has. Anise seeds, leftover mashed potatoes, and dried lentils. I mean that just screams uh doll, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, anise is already something you would use in, in Indian cuisine to begin with, and then I mean, taters and, and lentils is dull, but uh, you know, I was, if you really want, want to like, you could ball them up and make either fritters or burger patties, you know what I'm saying? And, and then cook them in the anise oil and have that Indian flavoring, you know? Oh yeah. That would actually be great. Little, little like, uh, fried fritters. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, you can even use them like, you know, vegetarians are always making burgers out of beans and potatoes and shit <laughs> yeah know? i mean why not do a mashed potato and lentil veggie burger that sounds great right that sounds yeah absolutely delightful <clears throat> um cool who else have we got here we've got uh <laughs> leah mcgrath the ingles dietitian uh China yeah that was a hard one she's got yeah, quinoa anchovies and bone broth which can we just talk about bone broth for a second and how it's just stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like fancy named stock that you pay more money for in the grocery store. Stop buying bone broth. Just buy regular stock. Or just make it. <laughs> you can make it with scraps that you keep in your freezer. And then when you're ready to boil them down or put them in your Instant Pot, you can make stock. Just stop buying bone broth. Oh, you're on the cult of the Instant Pot. I've been, I have one and I still haven't used it. You know, I the only thing I really use mine for is making stock because I can make like a it really extracts the stock really well, and okay. I can make a beef stock or a chicken stock or even a shrimp stock or something like that in around forty minutes. 
Okay, yeah, it's like got that pressure cooker capability, right? Yeah, it's just a pressure cooker. It's just like a timed yeah. pressure cooker. So I use it for that. It makes a good like rice cooker if you need an extra eye on the stove. You know, you can just yeah. prep your rice or I mean, something else. Like I, that. I got it just because I needed a rice cooker. So that's all I've done with it. I don't but love I the way it, it cooks rice either. Everybody loves it. So I was like, I, I need to do something else with it. I just haven't yet, you know? I've been largely disappointed with it for the most part, but there are things of it that I really enjoy. And I think the stock making capability is, is the chief part of it, but yeah, as a rice cooker, it makes some crunchy ass rice. I'm really not loving, loving the rice that's coming out of it. It does. It's hit or miss. You would think it would make perfect rice every time, you know, because I have this like shitty Walmart one that makes perfect rice every time. Yeah. But the instant pot, it's either gummy or crunchy. I, I just, I can't, I can't get it down yet. Yeah, it's not my favorite kitchen implement, but I do keep it plugged in all the time because we're making stock pretty much every week in this house. So, but yeah, so quinoa, anchovies, bone broth, what you going to do? Ah, um, well, that was, that was just like beef stew for sure. And then the anchovies, it's such a, it's such a great secret ingredient and in all the savory shit, you know, like Worcestershire anchovies. I mean, they're, yeah. So I was thinking just pound, well, you have a food processor, I'm sure, but, you know, food process or whatever, some butter and some anchovies together and hit anchovy butter on top just to get a little more umami on your beef stew, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. That's about it's about as cool as I got with that one. I went I mean, really I, simple. I just went soup and salad. Dude, just like yeah, take that bone broth, chop up some onion, garlic, carrot, and celery, and just uh, make a really simple veggie soup, and then do a salad with. My roommate does this thing where he he has a punt, punterelle. That's uh-huh. like a the it it lets you like shave celery and other yeah, vegetables. Yeah. So like run. Yeah some celery through that, uh, shave some lettuce, uh, escarole goes well with this. If you happen to have that, if you don't, any other green works, you don't even have to have that. Just lettuce, celery, and the quinoa, and then do like a dressing with like a creamy mayo, Dijon, uh, vinegar kind of thing with some Parmesan. Yeah, totally. Whip all that up and then just, Make yourself like a decent soup and salad, and uh, you can skip meat altogether in that one. You know, it's pretty easy. Yeah, that'd be a baller soup and salad. Yeah, and your quinoa is like all your protein that you're gonna need right there. Like you'll be full from that. But you could even split your quinoa if you wanted to have some quinoa in your salad and just have vegetables in your soup, or vice versa. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. There's just lots of way to go with it. Yeah, because I like to do cold quinoa. I like cold cooked grains in my salads sometimes. Uh, it's a nice yeah. way to get, get a little extra nutrition in there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking was put the quinoa in the salad. I think that's the best yeah. best uh, option. I love the way – and especially if it gets cold, it gets kind of crunchy. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I like to fry it too. Like so, so, Sometimes I'll use like – I'll cook it and then fry some of the cook, you know, so you got the crunchy fried quinoa and then your – what you could do in a pan and, and not a deep fryer. Um, yeah, yeah. So then you got your – nice like soft or you know quinoa quinoa and then you have the crunchies too and they're like always super duper crunchy which i really like yeah nice yeah that sounds great all right april here in Asheville, she wants to know about venison scoops tortilla chips and granny smith apples 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I went really simple on that one because that, I mean, that shit would be fucking delicious. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that would be, that, that would be delicious. So like, I mean, we didn't go into what kind of venison. So is it ground? Is it steak? Yeah, she didn't. It's like a venison steak with like an apple salad would be baller, and then just crunch the scoops up, and you got crunchies. You know, like I'm a big top it with them. So yeah, everything everything that I eat, something crunchy has to be in there. Um, (laughs) so that's I mean I just make like a like a tortilla dust to go on it, or I guess if you really wanted to, you couldn't get a hard sear on it though. You know, yeah, like if you crusting your steak in it. But I guess if you had ground beef, you could do like, what is it, steak fried steak or chicken fried steak? Oh yeah, yeah. Dust it in your scoops, you know. That'd be pretty good. Ground, you know. (laughs) (laughs) A little uh, apple slaw on top. I went way more boring with that. Um, A friend of mine, my buddy Greg, swears by chili with apples on top, sliced apples on top. And I didn't believe this, but I went over to a house party at his house one time, and he made chili. And I ate it, and he just had just fresh green apples sliced up, and just you dropped them on top of the chili, and it was the best combination because it gives this acidity to it, and it just opens up the chili, and you can taste all of those spices, and all the spices you use in chili go really well with apple flavors. So it really opens up the spice in your chili. And I was like, makes a ton of sense. Yeah, so I would just do chili. Scoop that chili up with the tortilla chips, and then throw those those uh, those sliced apples on top. Because man, that is like one of the things that I'm I'm one of those anti pineapple on pizza kind of people. But uh, I will say, fruit on chili is quite good, and it's a very Appalachian yeah. thing, actually. Like that comes from like the mountains here of like people putting blueberries in their chili or people putting uh, apples in their chili, and it, it it works. It really works. That's some cool history. I mean, I love. I mean, going on that note, so like, you know, on the West Bank and in New Orleans and Louisiana or all over South Louisiana, a lot of people will do a potato salad in their gumbo. It'd be cool to do like an apple slaw in your chili, you know, and a little yogurt and shit. And that starts to like, because like the yogurty, like creaminess of the tater salad in your gumbo. Yeah. Like mix it with the spices perfectly. It's almost like raita is to Indian food, you know? Totally. So like doing that with apples on chili. Like just making like a little sly using you know, it as a mellowing agent. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I like that. All right. We got three more here. Let's knock them out. All right. Um, Sorry. Oh, we're good. We're good. Aubrey wants to know what to do with ground elk sausage, limes, and fennel. See that one. I went the same way you did with the earlier one on this one. I was like, that's a, that's a Thai beef salad done. You know, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cook up your ground elk, season it with lime, whatever Thai or Asian type spices you have in your cabinet, and then make a salad with the fennel, you know, and you can yeah. use the frond and the shaved thin fennel. I mean, I, I think it would be, I think that might be incredibly delicious. That sounds, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Um, that's, I think that is far better than my, I mean, I love Thai salads to begin with. That's <laughs> like, I love cold dishes like that, especially this time of year. But uh, Me too. Yeah, I went with. Uh, I I thought a pasta would be really good to do with that. Use the oh yeah. Add in some red pepper flakes, just some onion, garlic, tomato paste, a little bit of parmesan, and then you could do like a cream and white wine sauce and just toss mm. the whole thing in that. 
and that fennel would just play perfectly in that like fennel and cream just like it amplifies that fennelly kind of anisey flavor that that it has. Love. yeah yeah and it's yeah. uh yeah i love that kind of shit um, yeah that sounds delicious yeah all right we got uh ooh, yeah this one's a weird one sarah in Asheville wants to know what to do with chipotle peppers artichokes and coconut cream yeah that that was a good one i mean that i went super easy on that one too and i was like i mean there are a couple of like possible variables on that but if it were if it were like either canned or dried chipotle peppers coconut cream that's a that's a, like an awesome like coconut curry soup you know oh yeah like coconut chipotle and then the artichokes could be your chunks like if, if they were fresh artichokes you can sear them if they're canned i guess you just throw that shit in there but yeah and that generic acid would play really well in a soup like that yeah that sounds great yeah yeah, yeah i think i think it'd be a pretty i'd i'd be happy to eat that soup what all would you add in the as veggie in that soup I just go with my. I, I'm when I do curries, I just do your classic like mirepoix veggies, you know. Yeah, yeah. First, okay. I mean, if you were to have something like fennel, it would go awesome in there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's just not something. I mean, even when I've bought fennel, I'm so used to having it all the time at the restaurant. Sometimes on my day off, I'll go to buy fennel. I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, <laughs> it is not affordable for the regular home cook that that much, you know. No, yeah. It's, it's not, it's just, a, it's, it's a pretty expensive vegetable comparatively. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's one that my roommate loves. So he's always got it around, but it's one that I'm always like, I'll pass. It's a little more than my price range can afford, but right, I, always, right. I always enjoy it cause he has it around. But, uh, I went a little more basic white bitch on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spinach artichoke dip. Oh fuck yeah! That would be <laughs> but I said I'd tone down my cussing on this anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I just I figure like that one is uh, I've seen vegan spinach artichoke dips done with uh, mm-hmm. with the coconut cream. And yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. that's an easy way to do that. So garlic, onion, spinach, mayo, lemon juice. Just cook all that in a skillet and boil it down, and then throw it in your oven and let it just roast over yeah you know a medium like 350 to 400 heat and just let that just like stew and then you can just you know cream that thing and make it uh make it a great dip um, yeah i mean that sounds delicious as i'm it's, i can't believe it's, i didn't go there it's pretty healthy <laughs> too like that way it's not just like gross fatness you're actually using right. coconut as the your key fat ingredient which is a, a lot healthier fats but um. All right, Maritza in Miami wants to know about canned sliced beets, pasta, and tomatoes. So I thought this was one of the hardest ones. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I mean, I don't even need the beets. I'll just make butter pasta maters. You know, right? I mean, yeah, I I had a hard one with that. I, I don't know what to do other than, than some sort of pasta, some sort of buttered pasta. I mean, I think I don't know. I don't think canned beets would be that terrible in in your pasta either. But I don't think so at all. My first thought was a, a ragu with the beets. Yeah, because they kind of yeah. sh- they're sinewy, sinewy, and they kind of shred. Yeah, I mean, people love to use them as a meat substitute. All the super chefy. Yeah. molecular gastronomy folks i mean that's, you know? isn't that like the basis for one of those like 
wonder burgers or whatever the like impossible burgers or whatever it's yeah. like beets yeah. are like part of the beef replacement because of that sinewy texture so i felt like that would be good and you could even mix that with beef and do just right. like a, a ragu style thing the same as you would with a pasta yeah beef based yeah. ragu just crushed garlic onion carrots some stock tomato paste parmesan mm -hmm. olive oil just roast the beets beforehand so they'll shred easily yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, and those are canned beets, so they're gonna they're gonna shred straight out of the can. Yeah, because you know? they've already been cooked in the can. Right. I think that's one thing people don't realize about canning is like when you open a can, that ingredient has already been cooked by the heat that went into the canning, the process. canning process. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's it's fine. I mean, the same with frozen food. A lot of times, though, you know, how long do I heat this up for? I'm like, it's fucking frozen. It's already cooked. Right. <laughs> Heat it up till it's warm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, There's some exceptions to that, but not many. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Well, yeah. man, I th that's. I think we crushed through all of those. That was pretty good. We did. Uh, we did. We did good. I think. And none of that. I, I don't think any of that sucks. I think all that's yeah, I, uh, edible food. I think I would eat eat both versions or all versions of all of those dishes and be pretty happy with my with my quarantine cabinet well i certainly wish you the best and i i really i'm looking forward to see what you come up with to pull through this because you always come up with good ideas to pull through tough times and uh awesome. i'm uh yeah thanks for taking the time to talk to us today yeah thanks thanks for talking to me man uh i'll talk to you soon Stephen goff is the chef and owner of ox bar Follow Oxbar on Facebook or Instagram to keep up with them and find out when they're going to start rolling out that to-go food. Home Fried is a production of Dirty Spoon Media. I'm Jonathan Ammons, and I'm the editor-in-chief. I produce the show, and I write and record our interstitial music. Catherine Campbell is our editor-at-large, manages our website and marketing, and keeps the engines clean. To catch the latest season of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour, be sure and tune to 103.7 WPVM the first Friday of every month at 5 p.m. You can catch up on back episodes of the show, stream any of our podcasts, check out the artwork from our contributing artists, or support us through our Patreon at our webpage, dirty-spoon.com. We'll be back with new episodes of Home Fried every Tuesday and Thursday, with occasional episodes on Saturdays. To subscribe, just search for the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. Always bringing you stories from the people who shape what we consume at the Dirty Spoon. Be safe.